Hello there everybody, how you're doing? I hope you all have a great day or night, depending on where you are, it doesn't matter. And thanks for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of The Gamer's Choice. Mom the Greek with the Geeks, Stelius Laudis. And you're tuned in to the first ever audio-only independent game review podcast ever. In each episode of the show, I'm going to be taking a deep dive into the world of video games as I'm searching to find the best games for you to enjoy and the worst ones to avoid. Regardless of genre, franchise, or anything like that, I'm going to give you my personal opinion on these games. No bribes, no biased reviews, nothing at all like that. It's going to be 100% my legitimate opinion. Anyways, enough lambing around, let's begin the episode. When it comes to horror games, the primary goal to make the player be on the edge at all moments and give the true horror element is to make them feel afraid of their in-game surroundings, from the obvious scary encounters to subtle details like the environment and sound. Other times, games either do this averagely or fail by using jump scares that were off sooner or later, like Slender the Eight Pages and Five Nights at Freddy's. Others, however, can succeed in it, making for the ultimate horror experiences, like Resident Evil, excluding 5 and 6, Silent Hill, Outlast and sequel, Amnesia, and more. And Alien Isolation is no exception. After the disaster in 2013 that was Aliens Colonial Marines, again that I never even bothered to complain when I used to have it, Isolation goes back in the franchise's horror roots, like the original movie by Ridley Scott. And my oh my, as someone who hasn't seen any of the movies, it felt like I was indeed watching one of them. And why you may ask? Well. That's what I'm going to answer in today's episode of The Gamer's Choice, where I'm going to be reviewing Alien Isolation. Let's dive in. Alien Isolation takes place in 2137, 15 years after the events of the original Alien movie. Our protagonist is Amanda Ripley, the daughter of missing Ellen Ripley, who learns about the discovery of the flight recorder for the Nostromo, the ship that her mother was seen, and is currently held in Sevastopol, a space station owned by Seagull Corporation after the salvage ship and Nizidora discovered it. Christopher Samuels, a Wayland yutani android who also told Amanda for the discovery, gives her the offer to join the retrieval team, in order to have a disclosure on her mother's fate. And of course, Amanda accepts it. After that, we fast forward to Amanda waking up from a hypersleep chamber in the Torrents, a courier ship used by the retrieval team. Here, we're about to get a small glimpse of gameplay with a basic movement and a moment to look at our surroundings. Primarily, you will see a lot of technological 90s-70s-like stuff, such as PCs with monochrome displays, distorted CRT TVs, and phone receivers. Of course, we cannot forget the whole spaceship tech stuff, which perfectly clashes with the former. Even better, Creative Assembly, the developers of the game, actually opted for this 1970s lo-fi vision of what the future will look like, ditching the shiny sci-fi tech as an effort to make the game look and feel like the original movie, and fans of it will sorely be satisfied. Now, after we get to talk with some of the characters ahead for the mission, everything seems fine at first. 
the story progresses as the Retrieval team tries to get in contact with Sevastopol. However, external communications seem to be offline and the ship is overall damaged outside, so the team must get there via an EVA line. Obviously, this goes horribly wrong as the line is severed by debris, separating Amanda from the rest of the team. Thankfully, she manages to get inside, and finally, that's where the true game begins. Alien Isolation's main focus is survival and horror. You're alone, Sevastopol, and no one is here to help you. And worse, there is apparently an extraterrestrial being that kills people. Which, yes, you guessed it correctly. It's the popular Xenomorph. Of course, in this case, you gotta survive this hell and get back in one piece. This is where the entry of the Alien game stands out. Most past entries leaned more into action and combat, guns and killing, but that's not the case here. Players will have to use stealth in order to move around the place and towards each objective while avoiding confrontation at all costs. Especially with the Xenomorph being introduced early in the game, you will need to hide, as it's downright invisible when it comes to its health status, and will be able to hear every loud noise, forcing you to act passively and quiet in order to survive. And that's not all, you will also need to move and change hiding locations so it doesn't catch you sooner or later. And that, thanks to its advanced AI, allowing the Xenomorph to gain clues and hits for where you are the longer you stay in one spot. That is also a reason that one of the game's tips say that hiding is only a temporary solution. The Xenomorph isn't the only enemy in Sevastopol you need to worry about though. As you progress through, you will encounter androids known as Working Joes that went deviant, killing people in the process, and hostile survivors that try to survive and will suit on sight if they see you. Unlike the Xenomorph, however, those can be killed and even looted, which can somewhat help you survive easier. Now, when it comes to how strong you are, well, excluding against the survivors and working Joes, you are a weakling compared to the Xenomorph. As mentioned before, it's invisible and any form of attack won't do anything at all. In fact, attacking it is basically signing a death wish on yourself, so you're better off just hiding around and playing hide and seek to the death. Thankfully, while you may be a weakling, you aren't fully weak and vulnerable. As you progress, you will obtain new equipment and blueprints, allowing you to craft new and better equipment and some even enough to make the Xenomorph retreats to you encounter it. That of course comes with a big risk. The AI is also designed to react to your behavior. So you make the Xenomorph retreat through violent methods, it will also become aggressive against you, living for friends frequently and adapting to what you do, also forcing you to act passively to survive. In other words, Fighting with fire will do nothing at all, and make things worse. Of course, to have all this equipment and goodies, you'll need to scavenge around in hopes of finding something useful. Sevastopol has a bunch of goodies you can loot, amount depends on the level of difficulty you play, this can range from components for crafting to ammo for your weapons. And of course, you must use them carefully on high difficulties, as you never know where they could come in handy if you're in case of in a bad moment during your playthrough, hence the survival part of the gameplay. Now when it comes to the graphics for the game, admittingly, they have aged quite well for a 2015 game. The moody atmosphere and abandoned environments will keep you on the edge, 
creeping away from your hunter and exploring every nook and cranny of Sevastopol for materials and stuff like that. And the audio design? Oh my goodness! This is on par with Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege from episode 1 of the show. If you use headphones or earbuds, you'll be able to hear where the Xenomorph goes via the vents and its footsteps when it's on the lookout for you. And not only that, but audio sounds like when firing a weapon or opening a door or saving your game. It sounds original, of good quality and authentic. However, despite this though, the game is far from being perfect. Primarily, the story feels like it drags on here and there, which can get kinda tiresome. It doesn't help the fact that many of the characters you encounter are either bland, or uninteresting, or even both. Even to the point that your main protagonist, Amanda, is a character you won't really care when it comes to the story due of lack of extra backstory, aside from the See the daughter of Ellen Ripley who wants to find what happened to her. Alongside with that, the gameplay can be slow, especially if the Xenomorph comes frequently inside a room, making it easy to be found and essentially making kind of for a trial and error gameplay. However, it isn't enough to affect the game in any severe way. Aside from the main story, however, the game also offers an extra mode and two DLCs of short duration if you have them. Primarily, that extra mode is known as Survival, where you must complete a series of tasks in the least amount of time to gain as many points as possible inside a 30 minute time limit. It requires swift movements and reactions if you want to escape ASAP, something that's not going to be that easy, especially for slower players. Multiple DLCs related to survival also add more maps to take on, and even more characters, each with their own set of weapons and items, which can make for a refreshing twist. And next up are the DLCs. Originally, those were part of special editions exclusive to pre-order, but were later made available to everyone. Firstly, we have Crew Expendable, the first DLC of the two that was exclusive in the Nostromo edition of the game. Here, you take control of either Ellen Ripley, Arthur Dallas, or Dennis Parker, as you fight through your way to flash out a xenomorph from the air vents to the airlock inside the Nostromo. The DLC can take an average of 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how you perform, and if you complete the objectives efficiently and fast, it won't be that hard either. Although, it isn't really worth replaying once you complete it, because even if you play as Doss or Parker, there won't be any difference, aside from the character model and voice lines. It's still a fun little distraction once you finish the main game, especially for fans of the original movie. Then, the second DLC is Last Survivor, originally part of the Ripley edition that was available in specific retailers. This time, you take control of Ellen Ripley, as you experience a sort of alternative version of the ending of the original movie, as you have to activate the self-destruct system of the Nostromo and escape. Again, just like Crew Expendable, it lasts only a couple of minutes, and is another good distraction for the movie's fans. Overall, if you don't mind the short length of its DLC and have enjoyed the original movie, you have a fair amount of enjoyment with it. In conclusion, LA in Isolation manages to redeem itself and the franchise's games overall after the terrible Colonial Marines game. 
With its moody atmosphere, intense gameplay and perfectly executed horror elements, it will put you on the edge as you attempt to be one step ahead from death. However, the story will occasionally drag on and the characters are so uninteresting that will make you want to move on as soon as you can. But that still doesn't stop me from giving this game a 7.5 out of 10. Anyways, thank you so much for checking out this review and if you liked it, please don't forget to stay tuned for more episodes and follow me on my social media on Twitter at TechSoda and on Instagram at Stoius underscore TechSoda. I am Stoius Laudis and this was The Gamer's Choice. Peace out.